One of the hottest topics of the offseason for the Florida Gators has been their roster building, whether that's high school recruiting, transfer portal additions, and departures. Let's take a look at how this coaching staff built a roster. Yeah? You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself. Purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And we're going to dive into today the entire roster. We're not going to go like player by player, but we are going to go position by position to talk about how this coaching staff has kind of built the rooms, or so to say. Uh, I think that We'll start with quarterback because, you know, the most important position in football. I don't think many of us would have complaints about the quarterback room right now. You look at Graham Mertz as your starter and your present, and then you look at DJ Lagway as your future. Um, also, I'm just going to say, because I know there's going to be comments about if a coaching staff gets fired, whatever happens with Lagway. I'm not playing that hypothetical game of if they get fired, if, when that happens, we'll deal with it. But for now, we're making the we're looking at the 2024 Florida Gators roster. Um, I think looking at quarterback, again, not going to be many complaints. You've got your current quarterback in Graham Mertz, who exceeded expectations wildly last season. And then you've got DJ Lagway, who is projected to be your future guy. I mean, when Florida added him, he was not a five-star plus. He was not considered an elite, elite recruit. And then by the time National Signing Day came by, he was what? number three or number six. I know that it was uh, him and LJ McCray were three and six. Um, so I, I don't think many of us have complaints as far as what the room looks like you added uh, or you've added a, a couple of veteran guys, one transfer portal scholarship, one preferred walk on uh, through the transfer portal as well to kind of bolster the depth and experience. We've seen them kind of do that. You added Michael Leone last year. You lost, Jack Miller III. You've still got Parker Lysey and Jordan Guile as, as preferred walk-ons from last season that Parker Lysey by the end of the season was listed as QB3 on the depth chart. Um, so I think quarterback room, you, you're pretty good right now. Looking at running back room, also in the backfield, I think most fans are pretty fine with the room. I think a lot of them are very optimistic about what Montreal Johnson can do, as as am I. I, I, I love what Montreal Johnson can put on film. Um, I thought he could have gone to the NFL draft, but would benefit from returning. Obviously, uh, we have since learned that he is indeed returning to Gainesville. I think you have a lot of potential when you look at this room. I think you look at Trayon Webb from last season. He was a true freshman. Played, I mean, he burned his red shirt. Didn't necessarily play a lot, but had a couple games where he did. Um, like at Vanderbilt, he got more run. You look at, I believe it was McNeese State, where we saw... It was Montreal, then Trevor, then Tryon, then Montreal, then Trevor, and then Tryon, and they kind of just rotated like that. 
Um, so, so you've got that. He was okay. Not awesome, but okay. You've got this year, Jaden Baugh and Kanan Daniels coming in, who everybody, I think, knows Kanan Daniels is someone I'm a huge fan of. I loved his film from high school, both his junior and senior tapes. And you have Cam Carroll, who we don't know what he's going to be. We know that he got injured prior to the season last year and that it kind of came down to or that, that there's rumors now of like, maybe he has some nerve damage in that knee and maybe he can't return. Or if he does return, he won't be nearly what he used to be at Tulane. Um, so for that, for 2024, I'm skeptical because you're one Montreal Johnson injury away from being in a really rough spot where your backs are just Trey on web, Kane Daniels and Jaden ball. If the injury to Cam Carroll is as severe as some people think it may be, um, you're not in a great spot there. I, I I really wanted Florida to go into the portal, add one of the backs that that landed here or that that didn't land here. Um, Quinchon Judkins. I know they contacted him. Obviously, he ended up going to Ohio State. But I mean, look again. I love what Montreal can do. I love having Trayon, Jaden Baugh, and Kanan Daniels as the depth guys. But you're one Montreal injury away from them being starters. So I'm happy with the room or I'm happy with the top of the room. I'm skeptical of the depth. Uh, looking at receiver, you've got a ton of speed, not good size whatsoever. They're relatively young. And I know that a lot of people were uh, looking at that receiver room, and a lot of people, myself included, expected someone like Marcus Burke to hit the portal. Didn't happen. Uh, and, and I think that part of that for Marcus Burke and Jaquavion Frazier's was that there's not size in that room and that Billy's going to want, likely going to want someone taller starting out there as one of the outside receivers. So I think for Marcus Burke and Frazier's, they see it as that playing time's available. Like, like I just got to go get it. Uh, it's there at that spot. And so I think that that's one of the reasons they still have it. And, and look, Marcus Burke is someone that for a couple of years now, uh, I've been a big fan of, and I've been like, hey, man, just like get him more playing time, get him more targets. I'm hoping that this is the year it happens, but until it does, it's not. Like, And and that's where I stand on that one. So I think you've got a ton of speed. I think that a lot of it works with what Billy Napier wants to do of just quick hitters and, and getting yards after the catch there. So I think that they're comfortable with that spot. All of us were hoping and expecting that they would do more in the portal. They added Chimere DK from Wisconsin, who has a good – rapport with Graham Mertz, but you look at like CJ Daniels, who yeah, had him on campus, then he went to I think it was Texas, and then he went to LSU and he ended up committing to LSU. And it's like you had a few guys in after you added Chimere Dika and you did not land any of them. And for me, that's where the concern kind of goes of like you added Chimere, but you were still looking to add more and you didn't. Uh, and, and for me, that's kind of where I'm like, all right, that's, that's a little, uh, I, I, I don't know how the coaching staff feels about the room. Um, then you look at tight end. I really wanted Florida to go into the portal and add a depth piece here. Not a big time player. I know they brought in a few guys. Um, Rillos is, uh, from air force who he was on campus, uh, last week. Didn't happen. Not saying it can't. You still got a little bit less than a week before the ad drop deadline, which is when Florida will have to kind of pack it in in the portal for the first window uh, if they want to be eligible for spring. But 
yeah, I would have liked if Florida added depth here. I think everybody knows I love the top duo of Hayden Hansen and Arliss Boardingham. Hayden as a blocker, Arliss as a pass catcher. I love having Tony Livingston as a tight end three where he can block. And, like He'll play both roles, genuinely. I think you look at Hayden, Hayden's not going to play the, the, the pass catching tight end role. Arliss is not going to be lining up as the inline blocker. I think Tony Livingston has the size, skill set, to play both. And I think that's where his versatility is huge. I'm curious to see how Keon Zipperer looks coming back from his injury. Who he's, I mean, he's had a long time to recover now. He got injured early in the process. So I'm curious to see how he's going to look coming back one more year. Uh, but either way, I, I think that he fills in the Arliss role, probably as Arliss's backup, unless Florida is just going to say, screw it with tight end blocking and go Arliss and Keon. Um, but you're one injury away again from this room being rough because let's say, God forbid, knock on wood. I don't like projecting injuries. Like same with Montreal. Like let's say like Hayden or Arliss gets hurt. It's like, okay, well if Hayden gets hurt, then you've got Tony Livingston that can play that blocking role and that's it. Um, and, and that's your, again, your one position, your one injury away from this position room being rough. Uh, you've got Amir Jackson as depth as a, as a tight end, but even then I don't think he's going to be ready this year. I, I just don't. I, I know that so many fans love that. Oh, he's, he's a wide receiver, tight end hybrid. He's going to be the next Kyle Pitts. Those kinds of guys, I don't expect them to play early. Because it, especially with this offense, if you want to play tight end, even if you are that that great pass-catching tight end, you need to be a an at least somewhat reliable blocker. And I, I will say, I don't think Arliss was a good blocker last year at all. Um, but you need to be a somewhat reliable blocker. Amir Jackson played basically receiver in in high school. He's gonna have to learn how to how to function better as a blocker, how to use leverage better, how to how to add more strength. And I don't know if you could do that in one offseason. Because again, he was basically playing wide receiver. He was taking end arounds and reverses and screens from the wide spot. Like he was playing receiver. He was playing that Kyle Pitts role. Unfortunately, Billy Napier has not used a tight end like that. So I'm not expecting him to do that early on. Maybe in the red zone you put him in, but even then I don't expect him to play a ton. That's that's just not the expectation for me. I would love it if I was wrong, but I, I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna set myself up for disappointment by by expecting that. Um, we're about to move into everyone's favorite parts that are gonna age me here, the trenches. Before we do that, we're gonna get a quick word from FanDuel. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel, and today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Money in My Pocket, because last night was an awesome night for FanDuel, for me at least. Um, just that that Lions-Rams game, having uh, Stafford to have 300 yards and Puka to have 100 receiving, having Amon Ra and Puka to combine for 200 and it cashed like four minutes into the third quarter. It was awesome. It was beautiful. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Doesn't have to hit. Just place a $5 bet, win or lose. Get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. And remember that FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. And like I mentioned right before the break, um, man, 
Uh, offensive line is where we're going to start. Trenches are trenches are rough for Florida right now. Offensive line, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Um, you lost both of your starting guards in Richie Leonard the fourth at left guard and Michael Mizuka at right guard. Um, you will play one of them this year because uh, Michael Mizuka went to Nebraska where he was recruited by uh, Matt Rule in high school to go to Baylor and then he came to Florida and then now Matt rules at Nebraska. So he followed him there. Richie Leonard, the fourth is now at Florida state. So you will see him. I believe it's November 30th. Um, so we'll see that again. I think we know that I think most listeners, and if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I, I was a fan of what Richie Leonard, the fourth put on film. I think even if you don't think he was good last year, I don't think you could really argue. He was at the absolute worst, a top two offensive lineman on this team last year. And Jake Slaughter, and Richie Leonard the fourth, and also Richie was playing with a banged up hand for like half the season, forty percent of the season, um, which is just even more embarrassing for the rest of the offensive line. That 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 your best or second best blocker was not playing at one hundred percent. Tackle play in twenty twenty three was maybe the most disgusting thing I've ever seen at the SEC level. Um, it was just it freaking sucked. Um, I almost dropped a, uh, I almost dropped a hard word there. That's how upsetting tackle play was. You added a couple guys and Brandon Crenshaw Dixon and Devin Manuel from Arkansas, uh, Brandon Crenshaw Dixon from San Diego state. I think that Brandon Crenshaw Dixon will start from day one. And then I think at the other tackle spot, whichever one that may be, because Brandon Crenshaw Dixon started at both. I think which, whatever the other tackle spot is, is going to come down to just a battle. Austin Barber. Devin Manuel, um, you want to put Cam Waits in there, you want to put Damian George in the competition, go ahead. I'm fine putting Damian George in the competition because I, I, I do not believe he would win it. Like If you want to put him in the competition and you feel like he's your best option, first off, yikes for your tackle spot. But also, uh, yeah, I don't think he would win that. At guard, I think you should put Damian George there. I want to I wanna nip this in the bud. I think that he would be better at guard than tackle. Like we see so many times with a guy who hasn't played guard in college and they're playing tackle and we go oh at the nfl level they're going to be better at guard that's where it is with damian george do not say that he played guard at alabama zero career snaps at guard zero so do not say that he played guard okay let's just nip that one in the butt um i think you look at naishi harris as someone that could i think you move rod kearney back to guard where he belongs um but then at center you've got jake slaughter and it's Rod Kearney behind him. So I, I don't know if you can move Rod back. Uh, I think that Florida's just in a rough spot on the offensive line. It was always going to be something that you cannot fix in one offseason. Like, like looking at this 2023 season, it was pretty evident you would not be able to fix this offensive line in just this offseason. There were, there were just, it, it was tremendously bad. Um, so I don't think it was possible. Jake Slaughter was a big bright spot in 2023. Uh, I, I think that, I, I know that a lot of people, I don't know. I, I feel like so many people are bad at evaluating offensive line play. Like professionals are bad at evaluating offensive line play. And yet every fan thinks that they can like say what they have no idea what they're talking about on the offensive line because a play breaks down and they think it's that player's fault. Like, like learn ball and then have an opinion on the offensive line. Um, Cause Jake Slaughter was again, it was either him or Richie Leonard. that were the best offensive linemen on the team. One of those two. I will not accept another answer. Um, 
And so Jake Slaughter going to be returning. He was pretty good. Hell, Jake Slaughter was like the 14th highest graded offensive, or 14th highest graded center in the in the nation on PFF. So I don't want to hear it. Uh, looking at the defensive line, I'm including Jack here. I just want to get that out there. Consider front four, not even defensive line. Front four. Okay, that's what we're doing. We're doing the front four guys on the line because Jack is not an actual linebacker. Um, it's a stand-up defensive end, basically. So I'm including Jack in this. I am optimistic of the interior of the line. I am, because you look at nose tackle, and your most likely top two are going to be Cam Jackson, Desmond Watson. And I think Caleb Banks probably plays there a little bit. So then you got Cam Jackson, Des Watson, Caleb Banks a little bit. I'm okay with that. I think Cam is a dominant nose tackle. I thought he was NFL bound. And he wouldn't have been drafted high because nose tackles don't generally get drafted high unless you're like Jordan Davis. Um, and you're just an athletic world-beating freak. But I think Cam Jackson's an NFL nose tackle. Comfortable saying that. Desmond Watson, not great. But as a as a rotational nose tackle, I'm cool with it. I think him working behind Cam Jackson helps him a lot. I do. I, I think that he got better from 2022 to 2023. I think Des Watson has a higher ceiling, and I think if you just kind of with the new strength conditioning staff, hopefully trim down a little of the fat. I think that we're looking at someone who's much more injured. Hell, I don't, I don't care about the fat. If you think he's healthy enough to play football, I'm fine with it. If his cardio is better, if his conditioning is better, and if he's in playing shape. Go for it, dude. I don't even care about it. Um, Joey Slackman and Caleb, and Caleb Banks are going to be the probably guys at the three tack spot, which is like the little D tackle, big defensive end spot in this defense. Um, I am I'm happy with that duo. Straight up, I am. I expect Joey Slackman to start. I expect Caleb Banks to be the backup. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it if it goes the other way around, genuinely, because they're both going to play a lot of snaps, I think. Uh, I think Caleb Banks will probably play a little bit of both tackle spots. That's that's just what we look at. Maybe we look at LJ McCray in one of the spots, um, either that or the F spot. But for me, edge is a concern. You have nobody proven on the edge. Not a single proven player. Like, yeah, Kelby Collins, TJ Searcy, they're, they're going to be obviously significantly improved on the edge. You're going to add LJ McCray to the F spot, probably F or three tech. Um, and then you look at Jack behind them. There's really not much. I know that a lot of people like Jack Piburn and I do too. However, one, he was not productive last season when he played defensive snaps. And two, Tore his ACL rather late in the year. It was uh, November 4th that he tore his ACL, and I think he got surgery on it on like December 2nd. That means he's at this point a month and two weeks away, or a month and two weeks off of ACL surgery. I'm not expecting him to do much in the spring, like just, just play wise. That's where I run into the issue of I don't think he was a starting, I don't think he was a starter quality edge last season. And I think that his development is stunted because of that injury, because it's going to happen because he's going to spend most of the offseason rehabbing. Like I kind of wish that the injury happened earlier in the year. And then we look at him as like, okay, man, like you're, you're going to be coming back from the injury during spring, um, which he can, he still could if he's a quick recovery. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, I think a fair concern of mine to say that I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the depth here. 
and the top talent at Jack or, or Edge. Because um, again, I love what TJ Seriously and Kelby Collins put on film, but to project them and expect them to do that as full-time starters next year and Justice Boone is returning again, which we'll, we'll see what he does. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Justice Boone. I wasn't the type that I'm like, oh, he's going to wreck the world. Um, Tyreek Sapp is coming back as well. And again, don't think he was anything special at a, at F last season. I'm, I'm not sold on the edge room. Interior, pretty good. Edge, that's going to that's gonna have to be a wait and see for me. Just straight up, that's, that's just what it's going to have to be. And then we move to the part that's the back seven. This show has just gotten <laughs> just, just more and more skeptical as we've gone on. Um, so let, let's, let's keep the skepticism rolling, but first we're going to get a quick word from Jace medical. We spend a lot of time talking together. You and I, we get fired up on wins and losses, who starts, who sits, who comes and goes from the transfer portal and high school recruiting. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. I think everybody knows that I'm pretty, very open about that. Uh, today chat's going to be a little bit more personal because whether you're on extended travel bracing for a major weather event, like we're seeing really all throughout the country right now and all throughout the world or limited by yet another supply shortage. You're covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. And remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a $20 discount on your purchase. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. That's J-A-S-E medical.com to see if it's offered for you. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the back seven here. Um, with Florida, that's two linebackers mostly, sometimes three linebackers, and then your your two outside corners, two safeties, and your nickel defender. Um, I'm just bunching the nickel in with whoever it's going to be. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about it with corner and safety. But first, we're starting with linebackers. I'm cautiously optimistic of linebackers. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to work out. I'm pretty confident that it's going to be better than considerably better than last year. And I've said this before. I think the addition of Joey Slackman made their jobs easier. So I think adding Joey Slackman makes linebacker play easier. So it's going to improve play generally, but you look at Scooby Williams left and that one, it was probably not going to work out again. I, I love Scooby, love the intensity, love, love his, uh, his, his vocal ability on the field. I, I love his leadership. I love all that. He was an edge rusher playing off-ball linebacker. That's a coaching failure. That's not on him. Um, he's an edge rusher playing off-ball linebacker. Wasn't going to work out here. Manny Nottery left. I was a fan of Manny. I think uh, I was very open about that. I love Manny coming over from Houston. Um, that is that is what it is about Manny Nottery being gone. You added in Pop Howard. You added in Aaron Childs. You added in Miles Graham. I'm pretty comfortable saying that this team's going to be, that this linebacker room is going to be better with Shamar James returning as well. Derek Wingo returning as well, which skeptical of him as well. But I think you've added a lot of talent to the room and you lost not a ton of it. I think you lost some good leaders to have in the room. And I think you lost some decent college football players, but I think you've improved your linebacker room. Corner, massive concern for me. Uh, right now, corner for me is 
uh, one of the top three concerns on the team. It's offensive line, edge, corner. Uh, not in that order, just just in general. I don't I don't think I have to order them because guess what? <laughs> They're all pretty rough spots for me. Um, but corner's a massive concern. You didn't make moves in the portal, really. You you brought in a few guys, but you didn't you didn't really make any substantial move there that's gonna make me go, oh, your corner room is fine. You lost Jalen Kimber, which not to be a D bag, you could argue improved the room. Um, but you really didn't add much. Like Trickways Bridges came in from Oregon, but he's expected to move to safety, play star. Um, so I you didn't make moves in the portal. Your high school class, your high school recruiting class at corner only had Teddy Foster, who is in his now, I believe it's going to be his second year or third year, maybe playing corner. You look at last season, like like you're projecting a lot of youth to find success. Jason Marshall's the only returning starter. Devin Moore played starter snaps when he played, but could not stay healthy whatsoever. It was just impossible for him to stay on the football field. And you know what to say. The best ability is availability, and he was not available. So I think you got an issue there as well. You're projecting a lot of youth to find success, and I think that when we, we've had these conversations before about projecting, like look at what we've talked about today with where we're projecting players to step up. Running back, we're projecting one of the young guys to step up and become a legitimate running back too in the SEC. Receiver. We're expecting a good deal of young guys to step up. The Aiden Mizells, the Andy Jeans, we're expecting them to step up. Um, then you look at the offensive line, interior, someone has to step up. Defensive line, edge edge spot. Even linebacker, you can mention that you're expecting young guys to be significant impact players right away. Corner, expecting a lot. Like you're, you're projecting a lot of guys. And what we've talked about so frequently on the show is that Numbers will tell you, film will tell you, history will tell you. When you are projecting a lot of players to make significant strides and take significant steps, history tells you not all of them are going to do that. And that's my concern where not all of them are going to do that. And I think that you can get away with it at some spots. Like if guard, if you got to keep the center or tackle helping on either side, you can try that. If it's your corner, man, you're going to be in for a rough one. It, it's just as simple as that. Uh, looking at safety, I like this room more than last year. Partially because Miguel Mitchell is gone, but also because you've added Trickwees Bridges, who's going to play safety and, and maybe star. And you added DJ Douglas, who's going to be in that same kind of boat. Um, I think that Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton both played significant enough playing time in 2023 where you'll be able to get and give legitimate feedback on them. And by that, I mean, it's not like, like Kelby Collins and TJ Searcy, for example. Uh, they, they played considerable snaps, but they didn't play considerable snaps consistently uh you look at kelby collins he played the 15th most snaps tj seriously played the 16th most snaps 
But you look at Jordan Castell, who played the most snaps on the entire team, which is still just just wild to me. Uh, played the most snaps on the entire team, and Bryce Thornton played the tenth most snaps on the entire team. If you're playing your eleven guys who played the most snaps, they're both in there. And so for me, I'm like, okay, they played consistent enough. They played significant enough snaps where you can watch their film, evaluate them, give them feedback, and they can work on that. Because you, it's not a matter of looking at Kelby Collins and TJ Shoes, who, by the way, again, I love what they put on film last year. It's just a matter of not coming in and doing it off the bench with fresh legs. Now you got to do it every single time, every single down that you're out there. I think with Castell and Thornton, you've seen them do it as starters. You can go back, watch, and tell them to develop. And I'm also a fan of the portal impact. Like I mentioned with DJ Douglas, uh, Trickley's Bridges, I like, I like the additions. So I think that your safety room got better. I like it more just because you're going to get Jordan Castell in year two, Bryce Thornton in year two, and then Trickways, Bridges, DJ Douglas come in. I think it got better. And I think it can be one of the strengths of this defense. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free by listening to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. I mean, maybe later today if there's news, but we'll be back tomorrow at the absolute latest to talk more Florida Gators for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33, and I'll see you all next time.